Welcome to Seth Backstage Pass, a platform powered by the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival. I am Najla Al-Mitfa, and I am the CEO of the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Center. What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? That is the question that my favorite poet, Mary Oliver, asks in her poem, The Summer Day. Are you an unsettled dreamer who knows you are meant for more? An entrepreneur who doesn't know where to start? Or perhaps an artist looking for your authentic voice? If this is you, then this is where you belong. Now think of this podcast as the behind-the-scenes pass to the festival experience. The inspiring talks from the keynote speakers, the thought-provoking conversations, and a glimpse into the magic that makes this festival truly special. Here, you will be joining our exceptional guests as they share their personal journeys, the changemakers who abandon the limitations that others set for them and let only their ambitions dictate what is possible. This is not just a place to get inspired. It is a community that you will relate to and a platform that will share real strategies and tools to get you closer to answering that question. What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Uh, thank you all for having me. I will say, first of all, here I'm Muhammad Jawdat, not Mo Jawdat. Uh, and then uh, I would say I have never been, I speak all the time, I've never been into an event with so much inspiration and motivation so early on, honestly. Like I'm already like, okay, this is a good day already. And I'll have to say uh, it's always this way in this beautiful nation uh, Emirat al-Habiba always supports us to do so many things. I have been blessed to have lived here uh, on and off for more than 25 years now. And I can see the opportunities. I can see the amazing contribution. And uh, I'm uh, hoping that while my main objective in this quick time, 20 minutes, to make you happier, uh, I also want to follow what Najla was saying. I think we can create so much here. We can, so, we can do so well if we just run like crazy and never stop until one of us is badly injured. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I was talking to a very dear uh, person to my heart yesterday about her startup. And uh, I was saying exactly that. I was saying that if you start with the right concept, uh, if you start with uh, you know, the right partners, uh, whatever your startup is, uh, playing football, uh, singing, uh, writing a book, starting a podcast, starting a business, the only thing that would make you not achieve that is that you actually stop. And the only way you can not stop is if you don't drain your resources. And our resources are sometimes money, they're sometimes effort, but they're also a lot of the time the way we feel about what we're doing. So when you are um, attempting to achieve something great, perhaps the best way to do it is to actually do it when you're enjoying every minute of it, so that nobody can ever stop you. And when I, when I realized that, I sometimes in forums like this would want to remind people that happiness is not a privilege, believe it or not. Happiness is your duty in life. And I, a lot of people don't see it that way. But I'll tell you very openly, if your throat starts to itch a little, you stop, you take notice, and you do something about it. Why? Because we all know that if we want to be productive in life, we want to be healthy. We know that instinctively. Interestingly, if also if you're happy, you're much more productive in life. If you're happy, 
by, by Stanford University statistics, you're 37% more productive than those who are not. If you're happy, you're loved by your colleagues, you're loved by your supporters, you are uh, creative, open-minded, you're fully energetic, you're not complaining and whining, you're not taking sick leaves, you're just engaged. And believe it or not, it's our duty to be in that state. It's our duty to be to come to life every morning in the best mindset that we can be. And believe it or not, if I was ever successful at, at my career being chief business officer of Google X, it was because of that. It was because I managed to find ways to make myself fully enjoy everything that I do. Now, is that even possible? Is, that, you know, is happiness that easy? I say yes. My work is entirely around the algorithmic side of happiness. And the algorithmic side of happiness is real. Like everything else in our life, like fitness. If you, you know, I, I can tell you easily, if you eat healthy and work out three to four times a week, you'll be fit, right? Knowing that doesn't make you fit. Yeah, just telling you this doesn't show the six pack on any of you, right? The reality is that there are things you need to do to get to that uh, uh, state of fitness. Similarly, there are things you need to do to get to that state of happiness. As a matter of fact, the most interesting part of this is there are things you need to stop doing to get to that state of happiness. Let me explain why. Happiness has been one of the biggest lies of the advertising industry. With, with, no, with all due respect to every advertiser in the world, I don't know the last time that a can of Coke made me dance and feel happy, right? Or a, a fancy car made me happy for more than an hour or two, right? Or a big vacation somewhere. Uh, that kept me happy after the vacation. But that's what is told to us. What is told to us is that happiness is out there somewhere packaged in a product. Okay? And if we go strive and get that product, we will get happiness in our life. Now, this contradicts two of my biggest assumptions on happiness. First one is that we are born happy. As a matter of fact, happiness is never outside you. So if you don't believe me, you may need to do a bit of research. I would recommend four minutes on YouTube uh, to watch YouTube videos of little kids. And when you watch little kids, every single one of them, when they are born uh, you know, early in their life, if they are fed and safe and given their basic needs for survival, they don't ask for a fancy car, they don't ask for a vacation, they don't want an Xbox, they don't want anyone to like their posts on Instagram. All they want is that basic needs are met and they lie on their back and they play with their toes and they giggle, right? This is our nature, our default setting as humans when we're born is that happiness is innate within us. It's the parasympathetic nervous system engaged. It's telling us everything is okay. Yet, because that is the default, we can go out of that state. And that's the, the most important assumption actually in my research is that happiness is your baseline until something upsets it. You look at that child, that child, you know, if a diaper gets wet or the child gets hungry, what happens is that the, the child will cry. The child becomes unhappy because there is a reason to be unhappy. It's the opposite of what the world is telling us. The world is almost telling us that we're supposed to be unhappy unless there is a reason to be happy. Do you understand the difference? If you see it that way, suddenly everything changes, which is my biggest third assumption on the topic 
which is happiness then becomes algorithmic. It follows an equation. Let me try to explain that. If all we need to do is to stop being unhappy so that we can get back that innate default state of happiness within us, then maybe it pays for us to consider what triggers unhappiness, what triggers happiness and what triggers unhappiness. And I did a lot of research on the topic. Uh, you know, as an engineer, if you had told me happiness is the absence of unhappiness, any normal human being would have created a list of the 20 things that are making him unhappy and just scratched them out one, out one by one, which sounds like a very good idea, but that's not how engineers think. When I re realized that my unhappiness at a young age in my life was the result of mean, you know, of, of things that I do or things that are in my life that are making me unhappy, I decided, oh, maybe there is an equation that I can code within my computer. And that equation would actually find every possible scenario that will ever make me unhappy again. So I can scratch them all once, uh, you know, all out at once and go back to work. Crazy as that may sound, it turned out to work. And I can tell you openly, I'm the happiest person you'll ever meet. Okay? Very few things actually make me unhappy. Now, let me explain why that is. If you look at any event in your life, anything that ever happened to you that made you happy, okay, and you plotted those along a chart, a chart, basically, I was happy when my daughter smiled, I was happy when I had a good cup of coffee, the coffee here is great, by the way, uh, I, you know, I was happy, I am happy when I learned something new, and so on. If you take all of those and plot them along charts and try to find a fitting line between them, you will find that one trend and only one trend is true. It doesn't matter how old you are, how much money you have, what car you're driving, believe it or not, it doesn't matter even the things that you think will make you happy don't always make you happy. Let me give you an example. I feel happy when my daughter smiles. I love my daughter so much. And when she smiles, I feel happy. But one day my daughter failed mathematics and she came home smiling. And I felt very upset, very upset. You know, rain makes you happy if it's, uh, you know, if it's, you want to water your plants. Uh, it makes you very happy if it's your ex-boyfriend's uh, wedding or something. It makes you very unhappy if it's your wedding. Do you understand? Rain in itself doesn't have a value, an inherent value of happiness in it. It's a comparison that happens inside your head that triggers happiness or unhappiness. You're happy when it rains and you want it to rain. If it rains and you didn't want it to rain, you feel unhappy. If you came here and there was music... Hmm? which was wonderful, so talented, so beautiful, and you were in the mood to cheer up and be energized, you'll feel happy. If you didn't, if you actually wanted to slow down and be sluggish, that same music would make you unhappy. Do you, do you realize that? It's not the event in your life that's making you happy. It's that comparison between the event and how you want the event to be, which happens in here. It doesn't happen out there in the real world. Okay? which basically tells you that happiness is incredibly algorithmic. It literally is like physics. You are unhappy when the events of your life miss your hopes and wishes and expectations of how you want life to be. It's as simple as that. Okay? Whatever event that happens to you, and believe it or not, our heads, our brains are like computers. They tick up to 60,000 times a day, and every single one of those ticks, your brain compares the event 
the world around it to what, the, what, it, what it wants the world to be. And if your brain realizes that the event is not what it wants the, the world to be, it will alert you in the form of an emotion. Why an emotion? Because your brain is talking to you all the time and you're not listening. So how does it alert you? It gives you sadness, it gives you regret, it gives you shame, it gives you worry. All of those negative emotions are your brain's way of saying something doesn't meet my expectations. I'll come back to how to deal with this in a second. But let's think about algorithmically how do we summarize this. We summarize it as happiness is equal to or greater than the difference between the events of your life and your expectations of how life should be. Every single one of those 60,000 ticks a day, you compare this place and you say, oh, it's bright and beautiful, meets my expectations, I'm happy. Oh, but that chair is a little hard. It's going to hurt my back, misses my expectations, I'm unhappy. Do you understand how it works? So every one of those comparisons make you happy or unhappy, happy or unhappy. Now, with that in mind, we can have a few definitions that actually helps a lot. First of all, to understand what happiness is, especially as creators and researchers and entrepreneurs, what is happiness? Happiness is not to, to go surfing in Australia. It's not to go to, to a party and, and jump up and down. Okay? Happiness is a state where the events of life are meeting your expectations of how you want, you want life to be. Okay? Which means that happiness, in Arabic we call it al-rida. Okay? Happiness is a state of contentment, calm and peaceful contentment, where I'm okay with life as it is. It doesn't actually matter what life is. Life can be difficult, like the life of an entrepreneur. Right? But I'm okay with it. I look at it holistically and I say, I expected it to be difficult. I'm happy with that. Do you understand? So that feeling of calm and peaceful contentment, as I said, is the result of what's in your mind minus or what's happening out there minus what's in your mind. Now let's compare that to another interesting feeling that they sell to us in advertising, which is what I normally call the state of escape. It's a state where life is not easy and you're not okay with it, right? But somehow you're so stressed that at the end of the week you run to a party or you go uh, do what, an activity. Whatever you do, you go to the gym, you run on the treadmill, whatever. Right? Those activities are normally sold to us as happiness, but they're not. They're fun, they're pleasure, they're activities that numb our brains long enough to stop us solving the happiness equation. So when you stop solving the happiness equation, your brain is not complaining, okay? It's telling you that anything is wrong, and so your default state as a child is happy. Nothing wrong with fun and pleasure, by the way. Okay? The only thing wrong with them is when we use them without solving our happiness issues. So if you're unhappy inside, and then you, uh, you try to replace your happiness with fun, what ends up basically is you get dopamine in your body. That's a, 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 um, um, an excitatory, it's a rewards hormone. Dopamine runs out too quickly. So you need another shot and another shot and another shot. So it doesn't actually make you... Uh, um, you know, uh, permanently happy. The way to use fun is to actually find your calm and peace, find your rida, right? And then engage in fun activities to make your life even better, to enjoy life on top of your calm and peace. So let me jump into the important one. The important one is, believe it or not, I'm supposed to talk to you about happiness, 
But the important one is unhappiness. Because we said happiness is the absence of unhappiness. If I remove your reasons for unhappiness, what's left behind is happiness. Right? So, what is unhappiness? Unhappiness, as per the definition of the happiness equation, is events missing expectations. Events minus expectations is equal to negative. Events missing expectations basically may, makes unhappiness and all of its derivatives, all of those negative emotions, a survival mechanism. Think about that for a second. It's a survival mechanism. It's your brain telling you, this is not safe for me. It's not safe for my career. It's not safe for my emotions. It's not safe for my uh, social position. It's not safe for whatever. Okay? And, and basically, that means that unhappiness can be treated like a survival mechanism. It basically can be treated like a fire alarm. When a fire alarm goes off in this building, what do we do? We get up. We leave, we check if there is a fire, and then we take action. Do you understand? And once you do that, the annoyance of the fire alarm goes away. You're no longer suffering from the fire alarm. And as a matter of fact, you're even doing good for yourself. You're saving yourself. But that's not what we do with unhappiness. Think about it. Huh? Your boss or your partner says something uh, hurtful on Friday. You wake up Saturday morning and the fire alarm is gone. The event is over. What do you do? You light a little lighter under the fire alarm. You remind yourself. Okay? You say, remember that clip from 4 p.m. yesterday? Play that again and torture me. Okay? Remind me what my partner said. Remind me what the boss said. Which is quite stupid, if you don't mind me saying. Huh? Because the event is over. And, and by the way, if you think about your, what your partner said for the next 48 hours, for the next 48 years, your partner is not going to show up and say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that I hurt you. Only action will take that, will do that, right? So, so in reality, we have a machine in our heads that I call the Netflix of unhappiness. Unhappiness on demand, okay? You watch a horror movie on Friday and then you play it again Saturday and you play it again Sunday and you play it again Tuesday and so on. So what's the answer? And the answer here, I'm going to go back to business and you apply it to your personal lives too. The answer is, when unhappiness happens, it's a fire alarm. It's requiring you to do something about it. So what should you do about it? What you should do is ask yourself three questions. Three questions, and I promise you, you'll be back to happiness 99% of the time in seven seconds. Okay? Question number one is, is this true? Is what my brain telling me true? Because realize that, huh? If you feel unhappy on, you know, if your partner says something hurtful on Friday, when you wake up in the morning on Saturday, you don't say, my partner said something hurtful. You wake up in the morning on Saturday and you say, my partner doesn't love me anymore. Okay? That is a mix of the event, all of your assumptions, all of your conditioning, all of your emotions, all of your fears. Your brain creates a story that is not real. And most of the time we get sad about that story. We don't get sad about the event. We get sad about the story. He disrespected me or she uh, uh, you know, wants me out of her life or this or that. Okay? That story most of the time is not true. As a matter of fact, I would dare say that story is never true. So the first question you ask yourself is, is this true? Is this true? In business, we are told that the economies will collapse, that next year is going to be extremely difficult. Is this true? 
Is it true in the UAE where economies are doing really well? As a matter of fact, there's a little bit benefiting from what's happening around the world. Is it true? Okay. Question number one. If it is not true, drop it. There is no point being unhappy about something that's not true. If your partner does love you, but there was an argument, there is no point being unhappy about it. If it is true, then it's time for question number two, which makes every inventor in the world succeed. And question number two is, what can I do about it? What can I do about it? If economies are going to slow down, can I do something to fix that? Can I, is there something I can do? I maybe go to the minister of economy and suggest something because I'm a genius and then it will solve everything. If there is something you can do about it, do it. I'll, I'll use the simpler example. Huh? Your partner said something hurtful. Do something about that. Yes, I can text and say, can we talk about this? This hurt me. That's something I can do. I can do something to fix it. And if there is something to fix it, do it. If there isn't, then this is the Jedi master level of happiness. Jedi master level of happiness is when things happen in your life and you cannot fix them. And the concept actually I use in my books is borrowed from Islam. It's called what? Hmm? It's called Islam nafsu is surrender, is to accept. I call it committed acceptance. Committed acceptance is what? Is yes, if the economy is going to slow down and I cannot fix that, what can I do to make my life better despite its presence? What can I do to engage and understand, accept that this is happening? But, but do what I can to make things better for me and for those that I care about. If you go through those three questions frequently enough, most of the time, you will not only be happier, but you will also be more successful. And you will lose much less of the cycles of your energy wasted on things that actually don't deliver any progress for you or anyone around you. As innovators and as individuals, I ask you to please do that. Is it true? Can I do something to fix it? Or can I accept it and do something to be happy and make the world better despite its presence? With that, I thank you so much for hosting me. I thank you so much for, for uh, listening, and I hope you'll always be happy. And you, thank you for tuning into the Seth Backstage Pass podcast. I hope you found today's episode insightful and that it inspired you to take action today. You owe it to yourself to make the best out of your one wild and precious life, whatever that may look like to you. The power of this community lies in your active involvement. If there are other topics you would like to learn about, please let us know. And if you have a friend that would benefit from an episode, make sure you pass this on to them. This is how we can all grow and evolve. Now until the next episode, goodbye.